Talk, the home of where the talking is good. It's Such your boy, good Cody, the other guy here Such once again. Boy. The room, the table, the deal, the All o. the things. All the things. Speaking of all the things, Christmas <laughs> is coming. It's finally getting cold outside. Uh, I'm so excited. On Sunday, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to turn my heat on. <laughs> did you? <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. You know. it, it was we at the. It was like. I woke up in the morning and my thought was like, oh, my kids, are my kids going to be cold? And I was like, because yeah. I was cold. Yeah. And I was like, so if I'm cold, maybe my kids are even more cold. And so, I don't know, maybe a little bit weak sauce, but I was like, I just want to turn Sauce is weak. I just wanted to turn on. I want, I want the heat Did on. it smell? No, it didn't kick on. So, <laughs> like, you know. You didn't turn it up enough? I didn't turn it. I didn't want to, like, roast the house. <laughs> it was more so I, like, kicked it on because I didn't want it to get colder than it was. So I didn't, like, turn it up, like, an obnoxious amount. I think it was, like, 60 four in the house. I think I set the heat for like 67. That's pretty chilly. Yeah. It in was, the house. Yeah, it was 64 in the house. How'd your house get that cold? It was a cold night. It's a cold day. Dang, yeah. that's wild. Yeah. But I also didn't have the heat on, so. I mean, we didn't have our heat on. We haven't turned ours on yet, and our house is only, I don't think our house has dropped lower than 70. That's wild that your house got to 64. Good old DR Horton. <laughs> I don't well, know. Well, yeah, that's what's crazy is your house is so much newer than mine. You should, <laughs> that should be tightly knit. <laughs> I don't know, man. It got wild. cold. Maybe it's a little bit colder yeah. in, in old Triana. Maybe maybe, maybe maybe the seven miles that way that you live from it my could house. Be. I don't know. We're, we're by the river, so we yeah. get that river weather. Well, the river does get colder. The river weather. To be honest. That's just wild. I I do love that, though. The first. I know people hate it. I love it. The first, first time smell. I turn on the heat, and I know that that dust is burning <sighs> off those heating like coils. Something burnt happening. It just lets me know, though, like, this is official, bro. I know. Like, Things have shifted like in my it's, life. It's not cold enough yet, but I looked at my fireplace. I was like, ooh, I cannot yes. wait to turn you on. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I had the same thought this morning. I even asked Rachel. I was like, should I turn it on and then i quickly corrected myself i was like i'm gonna wait because i don't want to turn it on today and then like next week it's back in the 80s yeah 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 because that's not cool that's well, that, that's confusing yeah. to my soul that's how i felt even with turning the heat on i was like i'm gonna turn it on even though i know next week it's gonna be hot again yeah. or whatever but yeah. it's fine it's really cool the last couple of days borderline week whatever uh rachel and i've been able to like we just turn off our unit open up the windows oh, let like cool air come man. in and it so reminds her of Indiana, so reminds me. See, a lot of people don't know this, but when I lived in Colorado, we never had Central heating and air. We, we oh, never central. had central. I was like, what's Central? Central, Central. Words. So, like, we had, like, a, it's called a swamp cooler. Is that where you, like, take, like, a, a bucket of ice with, like a, a, like, a fan next to it and you just blow cold kind air? Of. That's a very primitive way of describing it. But, yeah, it's basically, it's this giant box that sits on the roof of your house. And you fill up these two trays with water, uh -huh. and it has a cloth that it runs around in a circle, and it dampens the cloth, and then vents blow through it and blow the cool nice. cloth water into your cloth house, and that's water. how you cool your house. And so, <laughs> uh, and then for our heating, we had uh, just these little like metal runners that went along the baseboard and they had heating coils on the inside of them. So when you turn a thermostat, those heating coils inside those metal things on the wall would yeah. heat up and heat the individual rooms. And so were those like really hot? Like you learned really quick, do not touch those. Um, I mean, the exterior of them actually did not heat up, oh. which is surprising because it was made of metal. If you stuck your fingers in there and got a hold of the coils, then oh. yeah, you would burn yourself. But mostly our house was 
heated by the fireplace upstairs and the fireplace oh, downstairs. Nice. Our house was different in Colorado than our house here. Like I have a propane yeah. gas uh, fireplace that sure. ours actually heats our house pretty well. But those wood burning stoves, they're just they throw down the heat. Yeah. And so I was the fire guy, and so I would be the one that would make the fire all night. Go get and, the wood, buddy. And then we would always take a because the the burning of the wood would pull the humidity out, so it'd have to put a pot of water on top of the fireplace, and it would evaporate the water into the house to produce humidity. It's a whole process, man. Living in the woods is different. Science. <laughs> It's different, bro. That's um, crazy, man. Yeah. So well, how far, like, that's what's wild is, like, I'm sure that that's, like, a huge leap in technology to some people that were born, in, you know, hundreds of years ago, but now that feels so archaic I to know, even talk about. I know, people watching are probably like, this old what man over here? is he <laughs> Yeah, and you always hear those stories about, I used to have to walk in the snow. We literally had to walk in the snow oh like a mile gosh. to the bus stop. And what's crazy is like school would start at what, like 8 o'clock in the morning? Our bus would pick us up at 6 because it was such a long ride to get into town on the bus and stopping. And, and then this really irritated me too, not to go back to my childhood and bring out all my scars, but every bus stop along the way had these little makeshift cabins that the city and uh, state had built for them to stay. Well, ours had none of that. <laughs> Did you even like, have we're a just, stop? We're just standing out there in the elements. My brother and I just freezing our little faces off. Sounds and just like, like the bus driver's like, hey, kids, you look cold getting this bus. Like, yeah, honestly. <laughs> Not and an official stop. Get in here, Conover boys. It was crazy. <laughs> Those were good times, man. My brother and I, we just, and so like we'd wake up. You know, we got to be at the bus stop like at 6, 6.15. So we'd wake up at like 5.45, throw on our clothes real quick and run out the door. And we'd be walking down to the bus stop. You know, it was a long walk down this dirt road. And the lady had to go, our bus driver, I think her name was Nancy. She had to go down the dirt road, turn around in this dirt cul-de-sac and come back. She always would pick us up on the way in. But we knew if we weren't there, she'd get us on the way back. <laughs> so we always pushed the envelope as close as we could. We're like, she's turning around. We can still make it. Run, run. <laughs> so that was my childhood oh growing up, guys. Oh, my gosh. That's so great. Did you ever ride a bus? Because you walked to school, didn't you? Well, I mean, when I was younger, I rode the bus a little bit at, like, our first house. And then when I lived in apartments while my parents were building their house, I rode with my parents because I was actually going to a different school than I was zoned for because my mom worked for the school system, so I was able to... Uh, I started going to the school system that I was going to be going to once we started moving, just in case the house got done. But once I got to that house where my parents live now... Yes, I walked to school at yeah, middle school. Because it's right next to Liberty, isn't it? Yeah, it's I mean, it's close. like probably maybe a mile walk, if yeah. that. I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, I don't, I don't even remember what time. I was trying to think about the other day. I was like, what time did I start walking mm. to school? Because if school started at 8.15, like maybe yeah. 7.30, maybe a little. I don't know. But yeah, I loved walking to school. It was yeah. great. But that wasn't like that. My, <laughs> my, mine was a little more pu like push, posh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, lots of times we would we had this route that we had cut through the field because the dirt road was longer, and if you'd run down the dirt road, so our dirt road came. Well, you saw it. We looked it up on Google Maps. So it wild. Came back, hairpinned, and went down, and so we could just cut through the field and shave like ten minutes off of our time, so yeah. we could sleep in a little bit. But uh, the problem with cutting through the fields is there was obstacles like snakes. And <laughs> yeah, as I say, we we had sidewalks and we yeah. had roads, and we most of the time we rode our skateboards or our bikes yeah. uh, until my bike got stolen. So I was like, screw that! I'm not taking my bike to school anymore. Really? There's nowhere to lock it up there. Yeah, I had it on a Someone lock and stole, stole your bike. Yes, they stole wow. the bike and everything. So I was just like, well, forget that. I'm just Dang, gonna walk. Then. That's crazy. Who goes to school to steal a bike? 
don't know. Man. Yeah. Youths. Yeah, youths. <laughs> As they say on New Girl. Freaking jerk is who it is. I don't know who you are. <laughs> I'm coming for you. I hope you reaped what you oh, sowed. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> we got the bike back. But it's though. true. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, my mom. Okay, so I don't even know. I, I don't even know if it was like the people that actually stole the bike or if the bike ended up in someone else's hands. But my mom ended up like she was driving one day in some other neighborhood close by to our house. She saw this bike that looked very similar to my bike, mm-hmm. and so she followed these kids. And then when they went in the house, she got out of the car and looked at the bike on the side. She could tell that it was my bike and that they had spray-painted, like, the pegs no. on the bike and some of it to, like, cover up the original color. She just took that bike and put it in the back of her van and brought it home, man. <laughs> Mom, Mom, savage. Mom stole it back. She did. She what did. if there is the possibility that it wasn't yours? I mean, it would be... <laughs> I mean, I it's, mean not is, yeah, it's, it's not impossible. It's not impossible, but yeah, that would be pretty bad. <laughs> That's hilarious. I wonder, okay, so here's the question. Would you have done the same or would have you confronted them? Would have you went to the door and been like, where'd you all get that bike? <sighs> hmm. You talking about Cody now or Cody then? <laughs> I don't know. Which one was it? Is it different? I maybe. I don't know. I, I'd like to say that part of me then would have just take my like took my bike back, but I think also I, I don't know that I would have been able to like that brazen. Yes, to just take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd be like I'd be afraid that I'd probably just get stomped later. <laughs> I yeah. think my biggest concern would have been that it wasn't legitimately my bike. There's like, always I'd be yeah, like, Dang, yeah. I don't know. I, there's that little thought that I don't know, so I'm not sure that I can take that. Because what if it's not really mine? Mom didn't care. Yeah, mom had no care. <laughs> probably because she was like, I bought this bike. Yeah. It was expensive, so I'm taking this bike back. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. I think that there's a. if it were me today, I would definitely try to have a conversation hmm. to figure out, like, hey, did you legitimately buy this bike? Because what if they were lying and you could tell they were lying? Would you take it after the conversation? <laughs> Man, I don't know. <laughs> probably not. At that point, I would probably. It depends on like, how, what does this bike mean to me now? I don't ride bikes anymore, so I'd be like, whatever, just keep the bike. What do you think is the right thing to do in that situation? Man. Like, if you, if somebody takes something of yours and you know it's yours, like, what's the right thing to do? Be confront them, just take it, just let it lie. What's the right thing to do? <sighs> my bike man yeah i'm gonna take my bike back yeah i'm gonna take i mean like at the end of the day like if i know 100 percent that it's my bike yeah i'm gonna take my bike back and if if there's pushback at that point like if like we have a conversation about it and i'm adamant that i'm gonna take my bike back <clears throat> and it becomes like this big ordeal then mm. i'd probably get the police involved <laughs> or or <laughs> i'd figure out some way to like all right we've got to figure this out and i would try to I, I, i'm not a fighter i mean yeah. I would, I would, I'm I would, a lover. Yeah, I'm not a fighter. Cody's I mean, a lover. I mean, some harsh words might come out in the sense of like I'd get very stern and it'd get really loud, and I'd probably like be a little chihuahua like on a leash or yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like little Cody Dallas would have like this little big bark, but you know, I, yeah, probably at the end of the day, if it really came down to it, I don't know what I would actually do. Gotcha. <laughs> I was just curious. <laughs> what would you do? I don't know, would man. You sock him in the face. It's really, like, do my bike back. No, I really do feel like there's just certain situations you have to be put in to really see how you would react. Yeah. You know, it's like even like stuff that happened in the the past, like even in the past of our, our nation, it's like, I want to believe that I'd be on the right side sure. of things, that I would stand up and be like, that's wrong. Yeah. 
you know, it's clearly wrong. Yeah. Uh, so let's get on the right side of this. And I want to believe that I would do that. And I believe that I've got enough character, especially now after walking with God all these years, I've got enough character to always do what is right. I'm always reminded of that yeah. saying by Dr. King, it, the time is always right to do what is right. Yeah. But the thing is, is like somebody could be like, well, you stole it back. Is that right? There's always that question of like know, that tough. gray area of morality. Like you're trying to catch me in a bad spot here. <laughs> Cody's going to get canceled. <laughs> uh, no, but... um. And this isn't even our topic for today, but well, I guess it could be it our could topic be. for I today. No it's like it's just interesting how like you know what really decides what is moral, what mm. really decides morality, and I feel like that can be a problem. And I feel like that's one reason. You know, I'm doing this series right now in the youth group. It's been going on for four weeks. We're, we're, we're it's going to continue. It was supposed to be four weeks. It never works out like that because <laughs> it's four points, and each one should be a week. But I'm talking about like worldviews. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about how Christianity is the only acceptable worldview. And the reason why it's the only acceptable worldview is because it answers four questions that if anything is going to be a legitimate worldview, it must answer these four questions, right? Number one, creation. Number two, the meaning of life. Number three is, uh, what is number three? Morality, Mm -hmm. which is what we're kind of talking about. And then number four is destiny. Where do you go after this life? Only Christianity has the answer for all four of those questions, right? And so... I think when we remove Christianity from our lives and even from society as a whole, we're missing out on one of those very, very important questions, morality. Yeah. Who establishes this? And it's dangerous when we establish it for ourselves. It's dangerous when we let organizations of men establish it, like i.e. government and world leaders and stuff like that. Because I could even think in our own nation when the government was very much on the wrong side of sure. morality. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so, like... We can't always wait for society to catch up. Yeah, I was about to say, and today they could be right, and tomorrow they could be wrong. You know what I mean? That's it, right. It's, it's, it's constantly back it's and constant. forth. It's constant. It's constant. And we even probably could get into some discussions where we believe that they're wrong about certain issues right now in today's sure. society. Yeah. And so it's just important. One, And there's a plethora of reasons. But one reason why the Bible is such a good moral compass is because it's consistent, it's true, yeah. and it's absolute. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what people say and what people think, there is no wavering in the Word of God. Yeah. You cannot catch God's Word and be like, well, that's hypocritical, or they said this and then they did. None of that's in the Word of God, which makes it a really good moral compass, mm-hmm. you know, because it always shows us. Now, it doesn't always have like that exact question, just like it doesn't have the exact sure. or the exact answer, like who you should marry yeah. or what job should you work. It may not have that exact. There's a book in the Bible that talks about when, when a man steal steals bike? a bike. <laughs> You have to cut off his hand, and then you get the bike back. Now, that might be in there, actually. (laughs) I wonder if we lived by that. There'd probably be less thievery in the world today. In theory, that's probably why it was there. (laughs) Jeez. I mean, yeah, that's true. Consequences for... That's one thing that we do learn. Hopefully, we learn. You know, that is... uh, And that's essentially what discipline does. You know, uh, I know we have that scripture in the Word of God that says, if you uh, uh, spare the rod, you spoil the child. Mm Mm-hmm. And you study that out, and I think actually one translation, the way it's actually translated is if you spoil, if you spare the rod, you actually kill the child. Mm. So by not disciplining them, you're leading them to death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so... I think it's in Hebrews 10, I want to say. It's like, what good father doesn't discipline their child? Yeah. I mean, I might be summarizing that, but essentially it's like discipline is necessary. It is to necessary. To teach them and to grow them, so that way they, you set them up for success. Yeah. But discipline is uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's one reason why a lot of people pull away from God's word and true Christianity. We've talked about it before. We we don't I love the word Christian, but I really love the word disciple more mm-hmm. 
because that's really what we're called to be. Yeah. Uh, we're called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And this discipleship process is uncomfortable because mm-hmm. lots of times the way the word disciples me, true discipleship means I have to kill a lot of what Robert wants to do and a lot of Robert's desires have to be crucified and have to be laid on the altar. And that is an uncomfortable process. And I think that's why a lot of people don't like Christianity and they don't like getting close to God because the closer you get to him, the more he shows you what is wrong with you. Mm. <laughs> Which is amazing that God could love us and when we have that much wrong with us, but yeah. he's still like, but I love you. Yeah. I mean, that makes him amazing. Absolutely. Because I struggled to do that with people. <laughs> preach brother (laughs) it's just like you're making it really hard right Uh. now (laughs) i want to love you the word tells me to love you but you're making it really challenging god doesn't have that challenge he's just like i'm gonna love you anyways yeah yeah that's so cool it's a uh, a character attribute that i feel like we all can grow better in Mm. and loving others despite their flaws yes and i think that that is what we are called to do in a lot of ways is even when we are wronged we still love in return. Even when we have been cheated, we still give mercy in return. That's not always easy. Is I don't know that it's ever easy. That's true. <laughs> like That's at least true. in the, the truest, truest sense of the word, it's, I feel like it's always going to be hard. I think we were talking, oh, not, I know we were talking octane yesterday. I was talking about like having the horses bit in the mouth, controlling the tongue. And I was like, does it ever get easy for the horse? And you're like, no. Like, just, <laughs> like immediately like, no, like yeah. absolutely not. And right. like, I was thinking like, yeah, I guess I did have something in my mouth when someone tugged on it. I'd never get used to that. Right, you know? exactly. And, and that's kind of how it is. It's like the Lord is constantly trying to have to like, all right, we got to yeah. correct right there, yeah. correct right there. And then it's not out of a place of like, you dirty boy. Like, don't do that. Like, hey, we got to go this way. We got we to talk like this. We got to move like this. And, you know, it won't be easy, but we can get accustomed to it. Yeah. We can grow accustomed to the idea of why it's happening, why we need to do that. And like you said, you know, we just have to get better at it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that scripture you're talking about there in James 3, where it's talking about the controlling the tongue and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's just, it should be, God should be, and I love what you said yesterday. He, when the bit is underneath the tongue of the horse, the rider is in control. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's essentially what we want. We want God to be yeah. in control of our lives. You go all the way back to the book of beginnings. You go all the way back to Genesis. The issue was the devil convinced them it's okay for you to be the God of your life. Yeah. And I feel like that is our ongoing struggle. Mm-hmm. We struggle with, I don't know if this is the right word, demagoguery. <laughs> like, yes. we struggle with it a lot, meaning yeah. we want to be yeah. the gods of our lives. We yeah. want to be in control. We want to make the decisions. We want to decide what's moral. We want to decide what's right. We want to indulge in what we indulge in. And the the interesting thing about God is he will let you. Mm-hmm. It's like the Apostle Paul, I forget exactly where he wrote it, but he's like God gave them opportunity to go and follow their mind and the lust of their flesh and do whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. And so God is not this like tyrant mm-hmm. who makes us do things. Yeah. He's a loving God, a compassionate God, a just God, a merciful God, a sovereign God, and he wants people to decide to follow him. And once we make that decision, it's about trusting again in his infinite wisdom. Okay, he's in charge of this life, and he's put a bit on my life, and Mm. sometimes it's painful, but what he's trying to do, just like the rider on the horse, is he's trying to guide them in the way that is safest for both them and the rider. But God always knows. 
this is the safest route for your life. This mm. is where the blessing is. This is where health is. This is where peace is. This is where your soul can be protected. And we resist that lots of times because we just think we know better and mm -hmm. we really don't know better. And we resist it because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I and mean, God's pulling on the reins of our life. And he's like, I know this bit is underneath your tongue and it hurts right now. And I, I was just thinking about this while you were saying it, like the quicker we react to the tug, the sooner the pain will leave. That's true. So like That's if true. we will just respond and be like, okay, I'm going to go this way. Yeah. Then God can, because when I used to ride horses when I was little, uh, you know, I'd pull on the reins, and the sooner the horse would turn and go the direction I was leading it, the sooner yeah. I could let go of the reins and ease off. Yeah. Um, so if there's somebody listening, and you're like, man, this it's, it's brutal. Tug, yeah. tug, tug. We'll just go. Yeah. So God can ease up a little bit. <laughs> I don't know why, like, when you're talking, you know, I, I'm a father of two small children, and I was just thinking, like, there's so many times where, like, I've been like trying to get Evie in her car seat and she's fighting it. And I'm just like, girl, if you would just calm down for five <laughs> seconds, just let me strap you in this thing. Like, it'll all be, it'll be okay. Quick. Like, and, and just like she would just stop fighting it. We yeah. could get out of here and go. Right. And yeah, like, just and in don't the, fight the process. And in the simplest of definitions, the whole reason you're putting her in the car seat is for her safety. Yes, exactly. Is that five pole harness the most comfortable for a child to wear? No. no. But it is the safest thing for them to be in at yeah. that age. Yeah. And so it's like, you are the one producing this discomfort in her life, but you're doing it for her safety. Right. Yeah. She's like, it's too tight. I'm like, it has to be tight. Yes. <laughs> I want you to stay in the seat. <laughs> right. And I think the sooner we can learn that. Yeah the the more quickly we will respond to what God is trying to do, mm. which is a great thing because the quicker we respond, the quicker we can get to where he's leading us. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, like when we were riding horses, you know, we would pull the reins to go this way or that way. It's always because we were trying to get to a specific location, mm -hmm. a, a destination, and like this is the way we have to go. Yeah. And the quicker that horse would respond, the, the quicker we would get there, yeah. you know? And so... Uh, it's interesting, just like, again, trusting in the infinite wisdom of God that he's leading you in paths of righteousness. So he's I imagine leading that, you beside still waters. That that does happen eventually with horses that maybe they don't get used to the bit, but they understand if I don't fight this, the pain will stop. I think there's an element of trust there. Yeah. Like when I was growing up, I had my horse. My brother had his horse. My mom had her horse, my dad. And my horse, his name was Tax. <laughs> My mom's horse was, I don't know why my horse was named Tax. Like like Taxes? <laughs> like Taxes, okay. just T-A-X, Tax. Okay. Uh, and he was a beautiful Palomino. He was a wonderful horse. Uh, he was really stubborn. I just have been dealing with stubbornness since a child. And now <laughs> my wife is so stubborn. My son oh is my so stubborn. <laughs> but it's not a bad trait. I sure. love that about yeah. my wife. And I need that in my life. Yeah. I need stubbornness in my life. Yeah. Because if not, sometimes I can be very, like... <laughs> crazy i'm robert you know like <laughs> you know i need i need that and so i absolutely adore that quality to regulate you a little bit i do i love that about rachel when she yeah. makes up her mind she will not be moved yeah. the same with samuel she will not be moved and me somebody i'm just gonna i mean i'm being honest i can be moved sometimes yeah. i can because i'm so like especially like when you're a person and i feel like you and i are kind of similar I'm not saying that rachel isn't but we're just so like what's the word like okay i'll give you a good example if we are going on a trip for the youth and a trip, they know that they need X amount of dollars to go, mm -hmm. and they show up and they don't have it. I'm gonna be like, go anyways. Yeah, of course. We're gonna, we'll, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about Rachel's, it. Rachel's Rachel's more of like, get your money. <laughs> you can go when you get your money. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And we need that because, yeah. especially as a parent, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Because then I'm always just going to like relent sure. to my children. Like Absolutely. go, 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 go. I need, I need that in my life where I have that compass of like, you can't always just be like the yes yeah. man. And I love being a yes man because yeah, yeah, yeah. God's a yes man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love it. Yeah. Well, God's not always yes. But anyways, I digress. And so uh, lots of people will hear that and think it's a negative thing. Rachel's stubbornness is not yeah. a negative thing. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I see a little bit in Evie already is like, she's just so independent Yeah, and she's so, I call her hard headed. But like in a in a way, it's, it's a like good thing. it is a good yep. thing because especially like you know in in society, I feel like we're finally turning a curve here. Like we need strong women. Yeah, we, we need strong women that have their own ideas from the Lord and their own ideas that they want to see accomplished sure. in this world, and they they don't need to be swayed by someone else to tell them what they're supposed to do. Now, yeah. obviously, if they're supposed to do it, they need to do it. But like we should foster that and yeah. we should celebrate that and we should champion that and all those wonderful words. And it should be unilaterally applied to everybody as well like one thing i love we always talked about we homeschool now but one thing we always talked about is like if our boys were in school samuel would be the rudder of christian's ship Mm. because christian would be like if his friends were like let's do this let's do that christian be like i'm on board but samuel is like no Mm. i'm gonna do what i'm supposed to do and i'm unmovable yeah yeah and when i'm talking about stubbornness that's what i'm talking about rachel's very much the same way i was a people pleaser all through high Mm. school yeah like if my friends wanted to do x y or z i was the first guy to do it you know they're like let's jump off this building i was like yeet full send jump (laughs) already there (laughs) already jumped and so uh, i remember one time we did it and i hit the ground i rolled my friend did it right behind me and he broke his leg (laughs) we had to go to the hospital and so but i was always i didn't have a rudder and i wasn't strong enough to be my own rudder yeah you know, I've grown into that yeah, yeah. a lot because yeah. God, when he, I've let him be my rudder. Yeah. And then I've been bold enough to say, okay, if God says this, then I need to be strong on yeah. this. Right. But Rachel is my rudder lots of times. And Samuel is Christian's rudder. Now we don't have that problem because they're homeschooled. Right. But, uh, and, and I, and we've always said, we love that about Samuel. He's no one's ever going to be able to pull that child off course. Yeah. He has made up his mind. He's going this direction yeah. and you know what yeah. I mean? That's why, like, with Evie, we're like, we have to somehow convince her it's her idea. Like, mm. we've got to figure out a way to make it Samuel be her was. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Not that we're trying to manipulate by any means, but it's like, we got to teach her, like, okay, there's something we really need her to do that she needs to do that will be beneficial for her. Let's try to put things in place to where she wants to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Let's yeah. lay these puzzles out, and she'll want to play with them. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to, we're going to, well, it's, it's, it's going to create the atmosphere it's the for old her to saying, engage with. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So right. you're just leading her to water. Exactly. And then once she decides to drink it's it's awesome because then she's locked in she's drinking forever you know what i mean um and so that's so cool it's kind of the same thing with our boys like we we didn't uh even when it came to water baptism and i love both of them i love you know obviously i don't have to say that but christian like he he wanted to get water baptized but then he found out his friends were getting water baptized ezra ellie and at that point it was like full send yeah it's happening it's happening yeah samuel he finds out his friends are getting baptized he's like i'll wait till i'm ready that's awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just the difference between... Yeah. Not that either one's worse or anything Right or like wrong. Yeah. It's just the attribute. And that's something that we need to foster within ourselves yeah. as well. All of us, especially as believers, that we're not going to let like what the world says is moral. Mm-hmm. That we're not going to let their picture yeah. of morality be painted in our lives. We need totally to let... Totally forgot we were talking about morality for a second. I was like, oh, that's right. That's what we've been talking about. <laughs> but who? we got to let God paint that yeah. picture for us. Yeah. And we we can't be moved off of these things. Mm-hmm. We can't... When, when God says, no, this is what's moral, this is what's right, 
we we must determine in our own hearts we're not going to be moved off of that. That's good. It's kind of like, you know, with tithing. We see through the scriptures, and Pastor read a scripture on Sunday, and I was like, it's so simple. When Jesus, because everyone's like, it's not in the New Testament. Jesus was like, should you tithe? And then immediately he said, yes. Yeah. It's answered. Yeah. So we can't let like what other churches are teaching, what other ministers are teaching, and what the world is saying pull us off of something that God's word has clearly said, this is the right thing to do with your money. And unilaterally apply that to your entire life. When God says this is the right thing to do with your life, we can't let stuff pull us off of that. And there's a way to stand strong and stand in love. Mm. There's a way to be right and not be condemning. Yeah. There's a way to be right and not be judgmental. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that scripture this morning for whatever reason and we pull it out lots of times when we use it in money but it talks about judge not yeah. lest you be judged yeah. it's and technically the, not a tithe verse and, but it can't apply but it, but it is a biblical principle absolutely though. absolutely that which you sow you will reap yes yeah and then the other biblical principle you'll reap it in abundance yeah so when he says whatsoever you sows you shall reap right. or how exactly the way he says it it says the measure um, that you yeah the measure that you sow the measure you'll reap something like that. that's exactly right it shall man give into your bosom mm-hmm. pressed down shaken together and running over yeah. and so we use that lots of times as a money scripture which you can because yeah, it's, it's still a biblical a, yeah, principle absolutely when you sow it's coming back to you pressed down shaken together right. and running over that is a biblical principle that we see from genesis to revelation and we yeah. unilaterally apply it to money i'm saying unilaterally a lot unilaterally. today um but in context, talking about judgment. But it's also applied to judgment. Yeah. And so we need to be careful how we judge others. Yeah, yeah. And it's popular to be judgy. Mm. And I, I'm seeing a lot of even Christian pages that are blowing up, and the reason they're blowing up is because they're judging other Christian ministers. Yeah, yeah. Now, there is something to be said that people need to be held accountable, sure. but are you the person that's supposed to be doing it? Yeah, yeah. Usually the people that hold other people accountable are people that have relationships with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I would entrust you to hold me accountable. Rachel, hold me accountable. Pastor Mark, hold me accountable. I'm not going to entrust some Yahoo on the internet to hold me accountable. Yeah, it's yeah. not their some job. Yahoo. <laughs> I don't, sorry. I don't know. Who, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but lots of people will try to use it as a move away from accountability. We can't move away from mm-hmm. accountability. Yeah. We have to we have to be able to hold one another to account. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we just need to be careful that we don't judge others harshly because that judgment will come back <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. on you. And so all of this is wrapped up in morality. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see somebody doing something that's not moral, well, don't judge, but help. Yeah, there you go. And how can you help? Mm. You know, well, there's lots of ways to help. If you have a relationship with them, you need to talk to them. Mm-hmm. If you have no relationship with them, be the example. You know, there's different ways to help. But I think one thing that the world is just missing is just a good, strong moral compass. Mm. And we can even see it missing, like as we're speaking right now, there's wars breaking out yeah. all across the world. And that a lots of times comes back to morality issues. Yeah. You know, when you have morality issues at the highest level of leadership, all that trickles down and then nations break out right at war yeah, I mean, against you'll, each you'll other see argument where it's like well this group of people did this to that group of people and so that's it's it's deserved and all this kind of stuff well it's like well either way violence and death is awful on yeah. all accounts all it's, accounts it's awful either way yeah. we can see the wrong on either side of this yeah. let's just agree that this is bad yeah <laughs> let's, let's agree that it's bad and let's figure out how can we move forward how can we stop this from happening again. Let's yeah. recognize that there is something bad, so how do we combat it with good? Mm. Yeah. 
And I think we might not be able to do that on a global level, but can we do that on a personal level? Absolutely. And that's how we really begin to implement change throughout the world. Love your neighbor. Yes. And <laughs> your look- immediate scope of influence, your immediate scope of what, what, it, what your cul-de-sac, your school, your home, your family, like those are the people that you have access to make good in that, that capacity. Yeah. Yeah. And that scripture, uh, not the one that talks about pressed down, shaking together and running over, but the other account, I believe in the book of Matthew, he talks about don't judge lest you be judged. And then he goes to speak on how can you pull the moat out of your mm. neighbor's eye or the splinter out of your neighbor's eye if you have a moat within your own eye? So God is telling us, like, you need to judge your life. You, need, you, you set the moral compass with God and the word of God for your life yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. And after it's set for you, you're now on a trajectory that can be a blessing to others that can lead them in a life of morality, right? So that way... Neighbors will stop hurting neighbors because they're seeing an example of love. Yeah. They're seeing an example of morality. And that's what Jesus did as he walked on the earth. Doesn't mean he wasn't confrontational. He was, <clears throat> especially when people would oppose him, there's stuff going on. There's in the like background. cleaning happening or it's all fine. AC stuff. <clears throat> it's fine. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> um, but Jesus was impacted the world and is still impacting the world through his leadership of morality. Yeah. Just like that scripture you shared before we even started the podcast. He went about doing what? Good. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil. And so we need to be about doing good. Mm-hmm. And we need to be about, just like Jesus, especially Christians, especially like Jesus, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I don't do what I want to do. I do what he tells me to do. I say what he wants me to say. And when we live that life, we were able to influence others around us. I think we're so busy trying to influence others that we forget about ourselves. If we'll work on ourselves, the influence will be there. Yeah, yeah. It'll just grow, and and that's good, you know? Um, and so, I don't know how we got off on this, but um, be a person of strong morals. Strong, moraled person. Because the Bible is a book of strong morals. Yeah. And it teaches a lot right from wrong. Mm-hmm. And we need to cling to what it teaches us about right and wrong yeah. and understand the reason why we have this book of guide. Uh, I was going to say guidelines, but it's not necessarily guidelines. We have this wonderful book principles. where God teaches us these principles to help us, mm-hmm. to benefit us, just like Cody putting his daughter in their car seat. It's for their benefit, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so God's always trying to benefit us. We need to see it that way. Amen. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'm just like kind of thinking like, you know, obviously the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and then love your neighbor as you would yourself. And so if we love ourselves and we're all supposed to love other people, if we love ourselves then we should want good things for our life, Mm. we should do things for ourselves that are morally good for our own being and our own body. We should love ourselves, And then in turn, love other people in the same way. And I've just been really caught up on that. Like if we would just focus on those things, like Jesus, like it's wrapped up in these two things. If we would just focus on these things, the world would be such a better place. Yeah. And we would be so far better off if we would just have others, if we have our interests and others' interests at heart. Now, not in a selfish way of like, it's all about you do you, like not in that sense. Right. You do it for you, for other people. Yeah. And I think that that's what, we do it in a selfless way to lead in love. Yeah. And and it, it it's challenging, it's hard because people are people, but at the end of the day, like you said, if we give mercy, if we give grace, then hopefully yeah. other people will be giving mercy and grace to us 
if we find ourselves in a similar position yeah. further down the road. You know, I've been thinking about, as we were talking, like the Good Samaritan, it was like the priest walked by, the mm-hmm. Levite walked by, and there was clearly a man that was broken and hurting on the side of the road, and then there was a Samaritan who you wouldn't think because of the way he'd been treated by other people, would have stopped for this man. But I believe that he understood the feelings of what that was like Yeah, to be cast aside, yeah. to be looked down upon, to be left on the side of the road half dead. And he said, you know what? This is not morally right. I'm going to do what is right. When mm. you would think that the priest would do what was right. You would think what the Levite would do is right. We have to understand that the people that you think would stand up and do what was right might not do it. So yeah. you got to do you it. You got to do it. You don't wait for someone else to do what's right. You do what is yeah. right. Yeah. And and that will make difference in your world. Don't wait for somebody else. Yeah. Do what is right now. Yeah. And one thing we hit on yesterday at Octane, our, our small discipleship group with some of the teenagers is it's popular in the world to do what is wrong. Mm. It's just popular. And some of the teenagers were sharing with us some of the things that are popular so right now, like lying and cheating and stealing. It's just very popular so odd and me. not popular in a joking way, but just popular. Yeah. When they said it, I was like, it's <clears> gotta be like a joke, right? Like, like, yeah. ha Like I did something stupid. Look at me. But no, it was like, look at me. Look yeah. how like, how, how great of a lie that I just told. It's right. just like, that's not something to be proud of. <clears throat> and so if, if the world's trending that way, we as believers have to trend the opposite. Mm. We, we have to trend the opposite way. And we cannot be moved by what is popular. Yeah. We, we must be moved by what is right. And I think that's what the Holy Spirit is trying to say through this whole pod right now is who are you letting establish what is right? Yeah. You've got to let God establish what is right. I, I looked up the scripture while you were talking. Um, because lots of times, you know, people are like, you know, yeah, the first commandment, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God and then love your neighbor as yourself is the second commandment. But what does that even look like? Well, in this scripture, First John, it says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Mm. And so the Bible teaches us you cannot love the world and love God at the same time. Just like the Bible teaches Jesus said you can't love mammon and love God at the same time yeah. for you'll serve one and hate the other. Well, what is mammon? That's a product of the world. Yeah. And so he's essentially saying, you know, you can't love the world and the things of the world. He's not saying you can't have those things. He's right. just saying you cannot love those. They cannot be your guide. They can't yeah. be your moral compass. God must be your moral compass. You must love him and love him first. Yeah. And in loving him, he will show you how to love others and treat others, yeah. right? And so it's a, 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 an equation that must happen in the believer's lives. We got to love God. Yeah. And God has got to be our priority. And when God is our priority, he will lead us to maybe do things and say things and be things that are not popular. Yeah. And so what are we more concerned about, a popularity contest or holding up the standard of the truth of God's word? I want to be more concerned about holding up the standard of God's word. And if that makes me an unpopular... But here's the thing, though. Jesus was extremely popular. Mm. We think that popularity comes on the heels of compromise. It doesn't. Jesus never compromised. Yeah. And yet he, even today, is the most popular person to ever walk the earth. I don't care who you are, what celebrity you are. You do not have Jesus status. <laughs> Everyone knows Jesus. Well, you know, yes. To some level. Whether you believe in him or don't believe in him, you've, on some level you've probably heard about him yeah. or know him. Maybe there's some indigenous people in some very remote areas on islands around the world that have not, because there are some sure. real remote places Absolutely. that still have no plumbing, no electricity. I mean, it's just wild. And maybe they haven't heard, yeah. but in the industrialized world, talking about like America and Europe and Asia and like, you know, the majority of the populace. <clears throat> yes. Um, the majority of the populace knows Jesus. Yeah. 
and how did he become that popular? It wasn't through compromise. Yeah. It wasn't through loving the world. It wasn't through sin. It wasn't through doing what everyone else was doing. In fact, he went against the grain and swam up river. Because he didn't glorify himself. He did not glorify he himself. He very well could have. You know well, what I mean? Sure. Like, But he glorified God. Yes. And so he, he lifted up God's image more than his own image. True. And I feel like in today's society, it's about my image. Mm. You know, what do I look like? How do, how do I sound when I say this? What does it look like if I were to post something like this? What does it look like if I were to do this? Mm. And we think about that. Well, it's more of like, well, what, we should be like, well, what does it look like? What does God look like to other people when I say this? Mm. How does this reflect the image of God when I yeah. do this? How does this reflect the image of God when, when Ooh, I when I when I do this? Thread you can pull on you know there, what I mean? Brother. Like, mm. like, and that's that is the way the way of the world is about me. Mm. You know, we have to understand that that can be an idol. Yeah, that that's a god in of itself. Like we we're not meant to be our own gods. Yeah, it's true. We cannot do this, mm. and so if we can make that adjustment, it's a very big adjustment, but it is an adjustment that we have to understand. We will be more popular, yeah. I believe, if yes. we live for His image rather than our image. Yeah. We'll be more <clears throat> likable if we live for His image than our image. <clears throat> we'll, we'll be more trustworthy if we live for His image. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm doing this for <clears throat> Him, not for me. I'm, and I'm not even technically doing it for you. It's all for Him. Because at the end of the day, like if your funeral was tomorrow, <coughs> are people going to stand up and say they were the best dressed person I knew? I mean, maybe. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> not for me. No. I doubt it. They're not gonna. They're yeah. not gonna be like, man. They always had the nicest clothes. Yeah. They drove the nicest cars. Yeah, they yeah. lived in the bed. They won't say that even if that's true. That's true. That's they true. might allude to it at one small portion, yeah. but they're always. You know, gonna, he liked his clothes. You know. <laughs> yeah, they may say it yeah, in yeah. a joking manner or something like that, but it's always gonna come back to how you lived. Yeah. How was their character and the person you were? Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with this. Yeah circumstantial stuff that changes from day to day. Or if they do talk about those things, what a waste of your life. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like like if, if the only impact that you made in this mm. world was how cool your shoes looked. Oh, snap. Cool. You know Dang. what I mean? Like, yeah. like what difference did you do on this rock in the Dang. middle of this universe Dang. that you got some cool Jordans? Yeah. You got some extra Benjis in the bank. I right. mean, awesome. That's right. really cool, but like... Those treasures will rot and rust, Mm. but the heavenly treasures is what's worth dying for. Dang, and that's what we need to focus on. Like, am I laying up eternal treasures? Have I gotten someone, not me, but have have I allowed the Lord to get someone saved through my life today? Yeah, yeah. And tomorrow, and the day after, have I led someone to the Lord? Have I laid up any uh, heavenly treasures instead of being so concerned about earthly treasures and and Jordans and stuff like that? It's not bad, right? We, that's not what we're yeah. saying at all. Don't pull out of context. But there is something to be said. People are far more image con- uh, yeah. concerned and yeah. conscious than they are God conscious. Yeah. I like to believe, and and I want to like make it an endeavor on myself that like. If I ever made it to like a, a, a big platform, like I want to still wear Vans. I want to still wear jeans. I want you know, like I don't want to like put on shoes to be like, look at me. Like I just want to be who preachers I am. Preachers and sneakers? You don't yeah, to- I don't want to be. Mm. I don't care about preachers and sneakers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like th- that, that's not making it. Making it is did I please God. And do you want to be big for those things anyway? Exactly. <clears throat> like that's not what it's about. No, I heard uh Shout out to Tim Reyes. I heard him say once, he said, let's make Jesus famous. Yeah. You don't make Jesus famous by the clothes you wear. You don't make Jesus famous by the car. You make Jesus famous by the way you treat people. Yeah, you yeah. make Jesus famous by the way you live. 
your life yeah. and the decisions you make and the character that drives you and guides you. You make Jesus famous by abiding in him so he can abide in you. Amen. So you can be a tree with tons of fruit falling off of you. People getting knocked out silly because an apple falls off your tree and bumps them on the head. You know, I'm just saying we don't get, we don't make Jesus famous by the things that we wear. Yeah. You can have the fanciest thing, and good for you. But we even see it, and this is, as I just said, am I my brother's keeper? No, I'm not. But we even see it with a lot of big-time preachers. Even a lot of the comments, it's always about their outfits. Yeah. Ooh, that's a nice shirt. That's nice Look shoes. at that chain. Yeah, but what did he say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did she say? What did they preach? You yeah. know what I mean? And it's almost like it steals from the content of yeah. the message. And it's like... Uh, you know, I, and if you want, if they have a $5,000 shirt, I don't care. Yeah. I really don't. All I'm saying is at the end of the day, I don't want to be known for that. Yeah. I'm not saying I won't wear it. If someone gives me a $5,000 suit, I'll wear that suit. I'll wear sure. the mess out Absolutely. of that suit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I'll feel good wearing it too. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what's more important is the content of my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love the way you said that. And that just hits home. <laughs> you know, it's, just being about father's business. Mm -hmm. And we know Matthew 6. It tells us when we're about his business, he'll add all these things to yep. us. He'll he'll get you the shoes you want and the pants you want and the shirts you want and the house you want. But that stuff's not coming your direction via God yeah. if you're not doing God things. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that, that if that's the focus of your life, then God's not going to bring those things to yeah. you. You know what I mean? It, it, like you are chasing those yep. things chase after what he has for again seek first the kingdom of god i've heard it said this way and it's a little bit of a interesting way to say it but i, I heard somebody say you preach your own funeral mm. so when people get up at your funeral i was dang, dang. sounds bad i was at a funeral uh, like a couple weeks ago and there just wasn't a lot said Whew. And then I was at a funeral like a year ago. It went on for like three hours. Dude, yeah. Some of those, I'm just like, <clears throat> all right, we get it. <laughs> but at the same time, the one that went on for three hours, it didn't feel like three hours. That's true. That's and true, the reason why it went super quick is because they were talking about like the impact that this person had and how yeah. they changed the world and how they made the most of every single moment. And, and you preach your own funeral. Yeah, I feel bad now. I should have said that. <laughs> that's true. That's true. There man. are some that just linger for I the know. sake that, of lingering. That's the flesh in me. Like, come on, I'm hungry. Right. But this funeral, man, I, I was in the room for it. Didn't it wasn't really three hours. I think the actual service was like an hour and a half. But if you ever been to a funeral, that's a long service, an true, hour and yeah. a half. Yeah. Uh, we've all been to those weddings that went on for like an hour and a half, and you're just like. <laughs> Dear Jesus, not they did sand and then they did bread and then they did oil and it's just like and there was oh a my song gosh. and then there was a presentation, <laughs> a special prayer. So, anyways, if you had a wedding like that, uh, we don't feel bad. But <laughs> so, go, no kudos. It's a it should be a big deal. It's a Do one time. Want. It's a one time thing that you're celebrating forever. Yeah. It should be a big deal. But you preach your own funeral. Mm -hmm. And like we've said, we're being a little redundant now. But I don't want people getting up at my funeral and being like Robert had really nice clothes. You know, uh, in in a, in fifty years from now, when Pastor Pa says on and we're doing his funeral, I'll probably say we all know Pastor loved his clothes, <laughs> but it'll be a joke, and then we're gonna segue into yeah. Let's look at the things that Pastor did by following God. Yeah, and that will be the legacy that's talked about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can get up there, and people can talk about your clothes and how cool you looked, and they can talk about it for an hour and a half. But is that really a legacy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's no legacy. Yeah. It's not a legacy yeah, at all. That's no nuggets for others to grow upon. Mm -mm. Like I, I can't grow off the cool clothes that you wore. 
I could probably grow into them, maybe. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> not yet, not anymore, not anymore. But, but those, those are things that I can't learn from uh, yeah. other than some physical things. Cool, like, all right, he learned how to dress according to his face shape. Awesome, I guess I can benefit from that. But, like, how does that make me a good person? How does that know, like, how I can discern what is good and right and mm. how to be bold enough to stand up for what is right when yeah. the time is right? So Yes, because that's what's important. That's what it's about. That's what's important. When you're at school today or you're at work today or you're at home with your children and there is a challenge that comes your way to do the right thing, Mm -hmm. have you allowed your relationship with God to build on the inside of you the character that when you are challenged in that moment, you will do what is right? That's what's important. Mm -hmm. I don't care what shoes you're wearing when you make the right decision as long as you make the right decision. Yeah, okay, that's really good. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> I was like curious what you're going to... For those of you who didn't know, we just had an audio issue and we had to do a little jump cut here. We just kept saying that phrase over and over. I didn't know where he was going to go with it, but I like that. <laughs> I like it too. I don't care if you're barefoot, if you're in Jesus sandals, or if you're in the most expensive pair of Jordans that are on the face of the planet, when you make the right decision as long as you make the right decision. Amen. Amen. And that's what matters. Yeah. That's what's important. Yeah. And it's always the right time mm-hmm. to do that. Always. Amen. Allow God to work on your heart today. Yes. Allow God to show you what is good, what is bad, mm. and how to respond to Let the bad. Let him be your moral yes. compass. Yes. Let the word be your moral compass. Because yeah. yeah. that, friends, is how we make a difference in the world. Amen. And the world needs a difference. Amen. It needs something different. It needs Jesus. Yeah. I, I, I've just been, for a long time now, I've just, I've been stuck on a well-known verse, obviously, John 14, 6, you know, talks about how Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And it's just something that, like, I, I don't, like, verbally say it to myself a lot, but it's something I cognitively try to make myself aware of, like, his ways over my ways. Mm. The way that I yes. would do this is probably not the best way, or even if it is, like, let's figure out what his way is. Yes. And, and if, if they, they line up. If they line up, great. That's yeah. wonderful. That's beautiful. But ultimately... Let me go his ways yeah. versus my ways. It's a life of deferral. Yes. Let me just defer to Jesus. Let me defer, let me defer, let me defer. And in that life of deferral, if it lines up, yeah. then gold. Yeah. If it doesn't line up, then I'm going to go the direction yeah. he's pulling on the yeah. reins, and that settles yeah. it. Like, again, back to the horse with the rider. Like, how much easier is it on the horse to just happen to be going the way yeah. that the rider wants to go? He yeah. doesn't have to get pulled. That happens sometimes. Yeah. He probably, he probably starts to anticipate the as way they learn that and as they grow, they do. They can see the right path and they can go on it. And yeah. it's just the, the like biblical, you know, the steps of the righteous have been ordered. You start to recognize that mm-hmm. path that he's laid out for you and it becomes second nature. You just start going that direction and you're like, and then it's easy as the rider. Yeah. And here's the thing too, as you grow in God, going back to my experience as a horse rider, as you grow in God, lots of times I only had to pull on the reins when they started getting off. Mm. Yeah. Like we're on a road, they can see point A, point B. They know where we're going. But if they start to wander, I beep, yep. I pull back. And that's really what God does with us. See, for the most part, we're going the right direction as we're growing in Him, uh, you know, as believers. But every once in a while we'll get distracted with like this shiny object over here and, and God's shiny just object. He's just there to kind of pull us <laughs> yeah. back. You know what I mean? Those little death rudder things on the interstate. The exactly. <laughs> like you, you're gonna die. And so you make an adjustment and you come back. And I will say this from my experience with horses again. When there is the fight between the animal and the human, (laughs) when there's the fight between the one that's trying to navigate and the one that's trying to be navigated, when there's a fight, it's uncomfortable for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it usually ends in disaster, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so we ought not fight. We don't want this to end in a disaster. We want it to be 
good. We want yeah. to have what Jesus died to give us. And, and the way that happens is we've got to stop fighting with the one who's trying to navigate us. So good. Stop fighting with him. Just let him navigate you. And as he navigates you, he will lead you beside still waters. He Amen. will get you into green pastures. He will put you at the table that he's prepared for you. All that stuff happens as we let God be the one who's navigating this life. We let him be God. And we are human. <laughs> Let him be God. You be a human today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, it's true. We hope you guys had a good time on the good talk. Hopefully, the Lord has blessed you with some good revelations. Little nuggets in there for you. Little nuggets. Little nugget pie. Uh, Go out and do some good today. Yes. You know, if you Mm. feel a certain way, check in to see if it's his way and follow after that. Amen. Amen. We love you guys so much. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.